Just a heads up before we start, in this episode we talk about suicide, so if that's something you don't want to deal with right now, then you can go ahead and skip this episode. If this is something that you are dealing with, uh, don't be afraid to call 1-800-273-2855, that's 1-800-273-TALK for the Suicide Prevention Lifeline. You can also go to sprc.org, the Suicide Prevention Resource Center, or text HOME to 741741 to speak with a counselor at the crisis text line because I know life is hard and we've all had a hell of a time lately so there's nothing wrong with needing some help and the world is a lot better with you in it so hang in there now let the show begin the following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions listen up I'm not much of a sport guy anyway, so there's a lot of, uh, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, 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 Dennis Rodman stuff we could go into in this. There is. Yeah. So I was like, oh yeah. man, <laughs> turn to the right. It's like, oh, all this stuff about Rodman. Oh crap. Do I want to talk, bring it up or do I want to talk about it? I don't know. Cause what else is there to say about this? Yeah. I don't know. That was the song. It's like, uh, I gotta have an angle somehow. And I think that's like, yeah, the I, only- I, Angle I found a bunch of, you know, stories about, you know, him talking about how, you know, I, I think, I think he attributed black to saving him from suicide. Yeah. And then there's a few other stories here about Ed talking about how he, he pulled him to a Jane's addiction concert, at like 6 PM all of a sudden, things like mm-hmm. that. So I, I didn't know about all this stuff until the last couple of days, but uh, yeah, there's some, there's some pretty cool stories with him and the, and the guys. Wow. Welcome to Season 8, Episode 18 of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through every song in the Pearl Jam catalog, hosted by Brandon Palomo. Each episode, he goes track by track with a guest through every album, soundtrack, single, and B-side to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Welcome back to the Better Band Podcast. This is Brandon today talking about the Lost Dog track, Black, Red, Yellow, with return guest, hello, Chris Thomas. Hey, Brandon. How's it going? I am doing well. How about you? Doing fantastic. Oh, well, that's good to hear. Uh, uh, Sorry, people listening. I tried to get Dennis Rodman canceled last minute. Chris said he could do it, so... (laughs) Uh, 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 hopefully that's not a dig on you either. Cause you know, I, 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 I like talking with you and I'm glad to have you back. Uh, no offense taken. <laughs> if there was a person to talk about this song, it'd be cool to talk about, about it with Dennis Rodman. Don't you think? It would be, it would be, it'd be very fitting. Yeah. Uh, so this song was written by Ed during the no code sessions and was a B-side on the Hail Hail single. Uh, I was only able to find it when it came out back in 96. I was only able to find it on the Japanese Hail Hail single that they had to import and it was at least like $30. I was like $30 for two songs. <laughs> and I only really want the one song. Did you get it on CD or vinyl? Was it on CD or vinyl? They only had it on CD in the beginning. Okay. And I think just a couple of years ago, they put it, they, they finally put it out on vinyl. I think around when uh, Lightning Bolt came out, I think they were doing a bunch of represses of, uh, of vinyl singles. Gotcha. 
So I, I it, in, and I think getting the uh, the seven inch is a whole lot cheaper, even if I were to get it now, than thirty dollars for the CD. Yeah, wow, for a single. So I might have to get that too. <laughs> and I still have it. I still and I still have the little uh, Japanese strip on it. And on the inside, of course, with all Japanese CDs, they have the uh, they have the lyrics. So I have the two versions, I guess, of the lyrics pulled up and ready because they, of course, have some version. Of course, on their website, which could or could not be the real lyrics and yes, what sir. they uh, what they have on this, which are and and there are differences. There are. Yeah, I'm wondering why there are some differences, especially uh, what, at least in, in the beginning of the song. It seems like they had a direct tribute to Michael Jordan, but they they kind of switched that a little bit. Ooh, well, before before we start that. Uh, let's see, the first time they played it, there was a little sort of tag in Daughter on their show September 26th, 1996. Uh, it says like black, red, yellow a couple times in the tag. first time they really played it for real was november 17th a couple weeks later uh in 96 okay this one uh, you might never heard before but um there's a lot of people who've been traveling and seeing every show and we wanted to make this a nice night and play some stuff that uh that uh, we've never played before so this one's called uh black red and yellow Yeah, that's how it goes. It goes like this. Exponentially serving, perpetually unnerving. The adjectives they are all occurring. But uh, in one of the Wrigley shows, August 22nd, in 2016, Dennis Rodman came out and did his little spoken word answering machine message thing on it live. up eddie too yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's a pretty fun thing to watch yeah and it's it's kind of strange because of this this as the as as the story goes as you open up your uh lost dogs 
booklet uh, to the black, red, yellow page. Uh, Ed says, I took a Polaroid of Dennis Rodman's eyeball for the no code cover. As the photo developed, he looked at the emerging image and said, can you say octopus? Sigmund Freud played by Phil Jackson. (laughs) Can you say octopus? (laughs) And I believe that uh, black, red, yellow is a reference to uh, Dennis Rodman dyeing his hair all different colors all the time. Yeah, I think I, that's how I read it, too, and it makes perfect sense. Yeah, and, and of course, you know, Pearl Jam has a song called Black and Red, Mosquito, and Yellow, Ledbetter, Ooh. at least at the time that this came out. So. I did not think of that. I think that's uh, that's all their color songs that they had when No Code came out. Oh, I'll spin the black circle. Oh, maybe he, maybe that's a black reference, too. Oh, of course, that's just off the top of my head, and I could be wrong. They could have a couple more songs that are colors that I can't think of right now. But I'm just coming up with this off the top of my head. So we could we could spend the next ten minutes trying to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm wrong, go ahead and email me at yeah. I don't care at <laughs> at whitehouse.gov. I don't know. None of your beeswax incorporated. <laughs> At mindya.business. <laughs> uh, so let's 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 start getting into the song. You said that there's like a uh, a uh, Michael Jordan reference possibly in the beginning of it. Yeah, some people have have mentioned that. So the Black Magic. So I guess on the on Pearl Jam's website it says Black Magic painted traits, mm-hmm. and then I've read you know other lyrics. Where it says black magic viente trace, which viente trace, I, I guess, is 23. oh, viente trace 23. Yeah. yeah, so oh, yeah, that's right. Because the, the line before that references Phil Jackson, who was the head coach. So I think that's maybe a little, uh, a little tribute there to, to both uh, the head coach and to who many think is the greatest basketball player of all time. Freud walking the sidelines, So we um, what's the reference to the coach then? So Freud walking the sidelines, clipboard scoring the brain. Okay, because uh, Phil Jackson was cost, was known as a Zen master, mm-hmm. and he would use uh, I guess he would he he would use a lot of I guess Zen to try and I think I don't know if it was to get his team in the right frame of mind. It was it was definitely a different way of um, preparing his team, but um, I'm I'm guessing that's why it says Freud. Is mm-hmm. to to pretty much reference his you know, his his style of coaching, and of course, you know, sports is pretty mental too because you can be thrown off just by not having your head in it or whatever, yeah. and you start then spiraling out of control if you uh, like do one thing wrong and let it eat at you or whatever. I guess the same could be said for any kind of performance thing that you're doing, sports or acting or music yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, the pressure gets to you. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's go through. I have these I have these lyrics here from the uh, from the CD, and then we have the lyrics from the uh, the website. Uh, right off the bat, on the website it says "exponentially serving," yeah. and in the uh, on the CD it says "explanation is serving." Exponentially serving, perpetually unnerving. So uh, yeah, okay. And uh, like you said, like Freud walking the sidelines. And then this says uh, Floyd walking the sidelines. 
which I think like live too, it kind of sounds like he's in, in a couple of the live versions. It does kind of sound like he says Floyd hmm. too. Floyd walking sidelines, scoring the brain. This would have been too early, but I mean, there, there was a Chicago Bulls coach named Tim Floyd, but that was after mm-hmm. the Michael Jordan era. I, I definitely don't think that was probably calling that out, but it's a little ironic. Uh, let's see what's left. Uh, I think that's it. That's the only part that's, uh, different in the, or the, um, also the, um, then the Dennis Rodman part where he left a message on Ed's phone because they, uh, I guess they, Dennis Rodman's told a story that they met in Detroit in 91. Yeah. Uh, which looking, looking at the, uh, looking at the schedules for the, uh, the Pistons back when he was on that team and, uh, when what Pearl Jam played in 1991, it could have been the November 22nd show at the State Theater. That's kind of what I came up with. I don't know if I'm right or not, but you might be. Yeah, I actually couldn't find any I, any information about their their first interaction. I just I found some stories about other interactions, but yeah, I actually, <laughs> that, that's that's the best best that I've heard. But um, on the website. Uh, Pearl Jam says, uh, yo, bro, tell us what's happened. I'm uh, on the west, west side of, uh, on the west coast. Give me a jingle, uh, when you get in from where the fuck you're at. And then this says, uh, yeah, pal, tell us what's happening on the west, west side, on the west coast. We can get in. I want to fuck it up. Yo, bro. I like that version better. Yeah, I think because I, I think that's what he, what I at least hear it say, him say is like, I want to fuck it up. Yeah, which uh, that definitely sounds very Dennis Rodman. Yeah, it's like, yeah, let's go out there. Let's go to a, uh, let's go to Jane's Addiction show. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, I love because uh, Ed tells a story on the Bill Simmons show. Bill Simmons, he's a long time, I think, NBA writer. Um, huge fan of Pearl Jam, and he talks about how I guess he was like he was wanting to relax or whatever. Ed was saying something about, "Hey, I got a book," and and Dennis was like, "Let's go to the James Addiction concert." It's like six p.m. or something like that. Yeah, in Vegas. Yeah, Vegas. <laughs> and then when they were actually there, we'll and, get on a plane. We'll get there by nine o'clock. They won't go on till nine thirty. And then he's like, <laughs> when they're at the show, and I guess Mountain Song is on. Like Dennis looks over at Ed, and he's like. Oh, this is relaxing. <laughs> it's like, this is relaxing? <laughs> I love that story. Yeah, it is. It is. I think, yeah, let's, let's, uh, we're, we're, we're getting into it now. We're, we're shifting gears. I, I, I think this is pretty much going to be talking about Dennis Rodman for the rest of, the, <laughs> of this time. I think so. <laughs> At we'll, least that's the only thing that I have. We'll, we'll stay away from Dennis Rodman of the last four or five years. We'll, we'll, we'll focus on the night here. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I think that that's, that's, I don't know, it's it's a large part of it because I think that he's, you know, he has demons, he's a, he's, you know, just a person and he has his own struggles and he's had his own ways of trying, you know, to deal with it and stuff, be it with partying or music or women and all that sort of stuff. I think that the, he's talked about breaking a certain piece of his anatomy while enthusiastically uh engaging in certain uh 
behaviors with a member of the opposite sex and uh things like getting married at the drop of a hat and he's 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 been a big fan of pearl jam i think since they they met in the in the early days when pearl jam was getting uh started off and i think uh uh isn't rodman's number 91 as well or it was on the yeah. bulls or something well so his his first number was yeah with the bulls so it was it was 10 mm-hmm. up until the bulls and he couldn't wear 10 because it had been retired by the bulls mm-hmm. so he got 91 because 91 added to 10 added up to 10 91 is also when the album 10 came out too so ah yeah or it's just all coincidence <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, then I, I know when we was with the Lakers and maybe the Mavericks, he then went to number 73. So I don't know if that was the same thought. Hey, seven and three equals 10. But mm-hmm. yeah, he's always been uh, definitely uh, a unique individual. I mean, he, he grew up a very rough household. I mean, it's just, I, I read something where he he's like the oldest of, it was like almost 30 kids or something like that. It was oh, wow. something that was like, whoa. But I mean, he was... Uh, I think his his dad left him and all that, so he's definitely, you know, we talk about fighting demons. I mean, it definitely had, I think, a lot to do with his upbringing for sure. Yeah, and and he says that you know Pearl Jam has saved his life or something like that. That he was like in a real dark place. I think he said in like ninety three or mm-hmm. so in an interview, and he said you know he was kind of listening to Black and kind of thinking yeah. about you know their music and everything like that, and it kind yeah. of. Uh, brought him out of it just kind of means like oh man this is like there's so much beauty in the world or something like that and i think like him personally i think a lot of people when they think of dennis rodman kind of i don't know historically or something like that is is being sort of flamboyant and being out there and trying to be a rock star or something like that i think i think a lot of how he looks well i mean if you're not a sports guy knows like oh he did this many rebounds or shot this many i don't know what the (laughs) i don't know any about that stuff but i know that i think i think about it's like oh yeah he was like you know partying and smoking cigars and dyeing his hair and wearing dresses and stuff like that and i think that that really i don't know he's he's said in other interviews and stuff like that about how he's seen you know you'll see gender non-conforming people or something and being kind of like, oh, you know, like yep. they're bucking the trend and not following expectations and stuff like that. And they're so happy because they get to be themselves. And it's like, yeah, I want to be myself. I want to, you know, if I want to wear a dress or something like that, I'll go ahead and, and wear a dress. It's not like, uh, you know, uh, another person that Ed has uh, some connection to the uh, low key dipshit maybe middle key uh sean penn who's said recently oh crap where is it i just had it which you know it's ironic that sean penn and dennis robin both have a tie to madonna yeah <laughs> you know, you that. But yeah wow oh he's he's said that uh men are feminized and cowardly genes lead them to surrendering genes and putting on a skirt she said uh just recently as of this recording but anyway <laughs> Well, well, to go back, I actually found um, a quote about him talking about black because what, what had happened was is he had he was sitting in his truck, I think, outside, um, I don't know if it was the Auburn, the palace at Auburn Hills where the, the Pistons used to play, and he had a shotgun with him, and he was sitting in his truck, and I think he had fallen asleep, and he was found the next morning in the parking lot, but he said that, he was talking about black, and he said, 
it's more than chill box. It's more like damn. It's like heavenly felt. It's it's just you you just flow on cloud fifty nine or ninety nine or one ten. They saved my life, man. I tried to commit suicide, and for some reason, the voice of love came in my life at that particular moment that night, and it was Pearl Jam. And I thank Pearl Jam for doing that for me. Not the sole reason, but it was a main reason. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's. Um, I'm glad that that song helped him not take his life. I mean, that's yeah. It is. It is. I don't know. It's it's kind of makes me weirdly kind of proud maybe that like mm-hmm. i like this band who has meant so much to like so many other people and it's kind of like yeah like we all see it and we all feel it and it's we're all in it together in some way like we all we mm-hmm. all know this secret kind of and it's and it's i don't know it always i guess it is eh, i guess it is a little bit of pride like yeah. when you hear about Pearl Jam doing something good and stuff just because it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. Like, I know, right? <laughs> like saying that to, to somebody else who likes Pearl Jam, you know? It's kind of like you look at each other and you're like, yeah, you're, the, you're that Spider-Man picture of just pointing the pointing the fingers at each other and just kind of like, hey, yeah. Like, we, yeah, we know what's up. <laughs> For some reason, like nobody else is, it's it's not super well known, but, you know, it's, it is, it is real big for, for people and that's a, you know, that's a good thing. Yeah, I think most of us probably have uh, some type of story about a song or a lyric or anything that, you know, maybe not to the extreme of what Dennis Rodman was going through, but still there's there's something, you know, that, that the band has written or performed or, you know, just who they are as individuals that have, you know, touched, I think, every one of us in, in a specific way. So what do you think the... Uh... The fifty foot Roman yeah, yeah. <laughs> line means take it completely out of left field, but like I, I yeah, it's like I don't know how, how much more you can go into that and say about that stuff. Then. Yeah, hormones flying like a fifty foot Roman, and th- that's another thing. Like some people think that he he's really saying Rodman and not Roman. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which you know, I I think I don't really hear specifically him saying Rodman, but maybe it is just kind of a play on you know just just changing the word up a little bit but Mm -hmm. uh yeah 50 foot that's interesting yeah i think oh yeah i think i've I've seen somebody say like uh it could be like roman candle oh yeah which you know eddie's a little short and i think with how tall dennis rodman is it's it could seem like he's (laughs) 50 feet tall (laughs) (laughs) and you know he's always when you see those two next to each other yeah yeah and he's and he's you know full of you know he's like a a firework of uh you know He's, he's just full of energy and, yeah. you know, going at a moment's notice to go see Jane's addiction while having to play a game the next night and uh, saying, hey, this is relaxing, right? Yep. It's like, oh, yeah, like that oh, yeah, mountain song. Boy. Yeah, it's like <laughs> he he's he's uh, he's up at, you know, he's up at 50, let's say. And this Jane's addiction uh, show and doing all this stuff is like a, a, a 47. And he's like, yeah, see, this is relaxing. And I'm down here at three. And it's kind of like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I guess for you, it is relaxing, but. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it, I just, Dennis Rodman is just a very real individual. I mean, there's just nothing, nothing about him that isn't authentic. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's one thing I, I, 
I, I do appreciate about him. I can't say that I'm on the same page with him completely, especially within the last few years, but I do, you know, there's, he, he is who he is and he's not apologetic for who he is. And, you know, there, there's definitely a lot more to him than just basketball. If, if, you know, we've definitely seen that over the last, you know, 30 years with him, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty cool that, that the band basically wrote a song with, with basically, a, I don't know, called a tribute to him. And then mm-hmm. also putting like an actual voicemail from him in the song. Yeah. Do you think this song could have fit on no code? Hmm. I do. I, I do. I mean, it, it, it definitely would have fit the, um, I think would have fit the, um, um, the, the overall vibe from that album. Let me throw it back to you. If if you were to put it on no code, would you have it displace a track or would you just add it in? Um, I don't know. I think, I think musically it is a lot more sort of standard Pearl jam. Like it's, you can listen to it and say, it's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This fits in, you know, with their catalog and stuff. And I think with no code, they were trying to, you know, experiment a little and try to, mm-hmm. you know, stretch the boundaries of what they could do as a band and everything. And, you know, Ed having written, you know, about like half that album, half those songs. And then this is another Ed song and you have hail hail, which kind of takes the place of the kind of regular rock song or so that's on there. I, the, the, the only other song I think it could replace possibly is uh habit mm. but i think habit having that more of like a dark sort of sound and edge on it probably does a better work of having the just super diversity of sound on the on the record more than this song which could probably get a little lost then if you you know you have hail hail and this and it's kind of like ah yeah okay i guess and Mankind is kind of, yeah. oh, okay. That's kind of like another sort of, I guess, rock song. and yeah, Straightforward type yeah. of rocker, yeah. That I, I think having it as a B-side gives it a little bit more of a spotlight on it just because it's kind of like, ooh, hey, this is special and it's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, not part of the record, so you got to pay $30 to get a Japanese uh, <laughs> CD. <laughs> or wait until, uh, yeah, what, 2013 when they repress it. Yeah, or yeah. Lost Dogs and... Yeah, of course, and have to mention that the Lost Dogs version is uh, about like thirty seconds or so longer than the than the original version. So there's a little bit more. Uh, yeah, is it just in between? I guess pretty much the instrumental leading up to to Dennis Rodman. Is it just the longer? I guess instrumental on Lost Dogs. Is that where the thirty seconds is? Yeah, yeah, it's right. Yeah, it's there, and you get a little little more of Jeff kind of uh, walking on the bass, building up a little bit more tension. <laughs>
there's also kind of Ed, you hear Ed kind of scream in the background too right before they come in. I think on one of the versions, I think it's I think it's the Lost Logs version. It's on one, I think, and not the other one. Yeah, I think you're right because I mean I didn't listen to the vinyl until this morning because I'd been playing the Lost Dogs version over and over again this week and I just kept thinking like man this is a really long instrumental like <laughs> thinking okay in a couple seconds Dennis Rodman's going to come on but, uh, but yeah I when I bought Lost Dogs because Lost Dogs is about right around the time where I really started to get on with the band and, and really immerse myself with them mm-hmm. and and this song really stood out to me when I first started listening to Lost Dogs, I, I would skip to it, you know, because I had the, the two disc CD, but I would always, you know, jump right to the middle of that track list and listen to the black, red, and yellow. Yeah, I think because like, especially with the with the first CD kind of being more of kind of like the up-tempo stuff and the mm-hmm. second disc being a little more slower. If you're looking for the rock stuff, then you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Black, red, and yellow, like right in the middle kind of. yeah. No, it, I think it. I, I like the placement of it too, because yeah, I mean, it really does kind of embody the the, the track list of that first disc. Let's see, is there anything else we have for this song? I don't think so. I mean, it's just it's a really, you know, a really stri- nice, straightforward rocker. I like. I do like you know Ed's tone throughout the song. You know, it's very. I mean, it's it's somewhat monotone, but it's very. Um, yeah, it's a little low voice yeah yeah i mean i think in terms of going over the lyrics i think there's a little bit of a shout out to the chicago bulls and then uh the rest of the song really is about dennis rodman specifically yeah very sort of metaphorical i guess kind of almost nonsense if you just kind of take it at face value (laughs) yeah i do find it so phantom pain in my brain it's all that's left of my leg that's that was something that i kept thinking what exactly does that mean? That's mm-hmm. all that's left of my leg. I don't know. I, I think I remember, like, at some point in high school, like, before, like, probably like right before I got this song and could hear it and everything like that. It's kind of like, oh, I just learned what Phantom Pain is. It's like, oh, cool. <laughs> I know what that means. So, wait, what is Phantom Pain? Phantom Pain uh, usually happens with uh, people who've had a limb amputated, and it's sort of the brain remembering that no there's supposed to be something there and it's no longer there and there is some like nerve pain but it's like you can feel like they'll say say like phantom limb syndrome or something where it's kind of like you know you your your brain remembers and still like has the connections for no like there this this part of you is still supposed to be there and it's not anymore okay yeah that makes perfect sense to me now yeah i i didn't even think to look that up yeah so i don't I, i don't know if that's a reference to anything or just being just sort of like a pain and brain rhymes sure and leg is sort of a slant rhyme for it too so (laughs) it just just sounds sounds cool within yeah the the flow of the song well i just learned something new so yeah i think we i I think we can we can wrap it up then i think so we've probably left a whole lot unexplained that some people know about but that's okay that's what writing me emails is for and Hopefully they write in about it because I would yeah. love to hear about it. Yeah, yeah. We're trying, we're trying to get it all out there, so you know, don't don't <laughs> hold on to your knowledge. Share it, and let's, that's right. Let's, let's 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 get it all out there so we can all know. Knowledge is power. Yeah, and speaking speaking of knowledge, we know we know from your past episodes how how you got into Pearl Jam and 
and we know what Pearl Jam means to mm-hmm. you. But one thing we don't know, one thing our listeners have been champing at the bit for is <laughs> how do you rank the Pearl Jam albums? And of course, we have to start from your least favorite to to to, to your most preferred Pearl Jam album. I had not done this since, um, I, I guess the last time I did this was before Gigaton. So I had to fit Gigaton into my list. And then while I was doing that, I did a little bit of rearranging. So all right, this, this list is a little bit fresh to me. So, um, number 11, which I hate having a number 11, but someone's got to be number 11. I've got lightning bolt. It's not a bad album. It's just sort of, uh, there are there are ones you like more than it yeah. at times. Yes. But yeah, I, I put Lightning Bolt at the bottom just because there's really not a track on Lightning Bolt that I just gravitate to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 I like, you know, My Father's Son and uh, Getaway, Lightning Bolt. and But I don't know. It just it's not like I'm ever like, man, I could really go for Let the Records Play. I just I, I'm just not. There just isn't a track on there that that makes me just feel like I'm just in the mood for that song. So that's why I put that at the bottom, because then my number 10 is Backspacer, and I love Unthought Known. I mean, Unthought Known is really hovers around my top 10 Pearl Jam songs. So I, I had to rank that above Lightning Bolt because of that. Um, number nine, I have Riot Act, um, and it really... This and the next two, I, I could probably rearrange these just given however I'm feeling. But I enjoy Riot Act a lot. I th- it's it's definitely a very long, It's a, I think their longest track listing. So maybe that's part of the reason why it, I don't really gravitate toward it. But there mm-hmm. definitely are a few, few tracks on there that I love. And then the next one, number, what is that, number eight? I put Gigaton at number eight. If you had pulled me a year ago, I probably would have had it higher. But I... I can't say that I've actually listened to Gigaton the whole way through probably for a while now. Maybe it's because the political climate has changed a bit since, you know, when it came out and there was definitely a lot of songs on there that for me were very therapeutic. The first four tracks on Gigaton are just, I think, phenomenal. And then I I love All Right, I love River Cross, uh, Seven O'Clock, so it, it could if you if maybe if you ask me in a few months from now it might it might be higher than it is right now but that was the toughest one for me to slot in just because of it's still you know relatively new for me seven i have 10 i think that's just because i i've i've heard 10 so much and 10 is just so familiar to me mm-hmm. and it's you know you could argue that's their best record but in terms of my favoritism toward it i you know i've kind of you know, been there, done that with 10, but I, ironically, I have familiarity a, breeds contempt. It does. Well, so I actually have, um, uh, a CD of 10 in my car. Like it's actually in the CD player at all times, just because I had a friend, Jesse from the, uh, the Porsche podcast. Uh, I bought, uh, I guess it was a, like a care package thing from a record store. And with that meant that she just sent me like some random, uh, records and CDs. And I guess her dad had suggested to include 10 with it. So I have taken that copy and I just keep it in my CD player in my car and every now and then I'll turn it on. So uh, for the for the top six, I have Avocado at number six. I love um, Severed Hand. I love, I don't know, I, it's, it's kind of an interesting album because it, it's one of those where you, you don't really think to go for it. But when you put it in, you're like, oh, yeah, this is this is really good. 
Number five, I have binaural. That one just, that one shot up to me here recently. And actually part of that was because of when we did um, Grievance uh, last year. I, I started getting more into binaural and I started to really enjoy it more and more, especially for the unique uh, producing of the record. Number four, I have Verses. Although I would have had Verses probably at number two a couple years ago, but this is where I've you know spent more time with the catalog and, and heard more opinions with um, the whole podcast community. But I still think Versus is their, I think from from top to bottom, is their most solid track listing. I mean, there's just nothing on there that uh, I ever skip. Mm-hmm. Number three, I have Vitology. That one has risen up just because I, you know, a lot of my favorite songs are on Vitology, but I've actually come to appreciate more of pry to and um but i actually love the filler tracks and how they kind of bridge throughout the the record i really like listening i think it's pry to in the in the corduroy i think is really cool but i just i i I like the the diversity of that record because of that because it's just you know you got some really awesome songs that are bridged by some i think some really you know it's, it's you know i i like listening to to bands that have those similar type of I guess filler tracks within their track listings. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, I have no code, and that's the one that really shot up um, after I got um, you know into listening to everyone on the the podcast community. No code actually holds a lot of nostalgia for me because it's my favorite album cover of any album cover period of any any band anyone out there. And I actually so I turned forty this past past October. And I finally decided to get a tattoo for the first time. And I got a tattoo of uh, the background image of the No Code record uh, on my arm because I just, I love that record cover so much. And I want to, it's just something that's always meant a lot to me. So, mm-hmm. but then, you know, the, the music in itself is, is grown on me so much over the years. It, it, it's very, it's almost my 1B to Yield. So Yield is my top. Yield was the one that I, listened to the most when I first really got into the band, you know, given the fly is still my favorite song of theirs. I love brain of Jay and faithful as, as openers. I just, they're, they're my favorite opening tracks of any record of theirs. And I was lucky enough to have gotten to see um, them for Ford yield in Milwaukee back in 2014. So that kind of added on to that nostalgia, but yeah, I just, I, I love that record so much. So that's, that's my one A and no codes, my one B. All right, right on. And and uh, if people want to hear more of of the of the sports talk you do, is is there somewhere that uh, people can uh, find that? Oh, see, 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 see that tee up for the plugs. <laughs> see, I did that. <laughs> um, yeah. So on uh, YouTube and Spotify, I am on a uh, podcast. It's called the Arrowhead Chiefs Cast. So I grew up in Kansas City. I grew up a Chiefs fan, and a friend of mine invited me to start a podcast with him. Um, we've been doing it since um, November of 2020. So we record about once a week, sometimes, especially when uh, the team's doing really well, like they are right now. We'll, we'll add in some extra episodes. Like uh, last week, I actually did an episode with a friend of mine who's a Buffalo Bills fan. So we talked about, you know, just a an open conversation about those two teams beforehand. But yeah, you can you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, I think we're also under Arrowhead Chiefs cast. But yeah, check it out by all means. And feel free to leave a comment or, you know, do whatever. 
Yeah, and so seeing how Chris answered this question and uh, and and what he said, you know exactly where in time, pretty much, we are when we're recording this. <laughs> so depending on what happens in the next couple of weeks in real time, That's when you right. actually hear this, you'll be able to be like, oh, he didn't know what was about to happen, either for good or bad. <laughs> <laughs> and so then you'll be able to find his uh, podcast and listen back and it's like, oh. That's right. <laughs> To hear him be either really excited or really, really down. But 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 keeping my chin high, being a good sport about it. <laughs> I, I probably won't in the actual moment, but <laughs> <laughs> thanks for thanks for coming on. It's always good talking with you. Thanks for having me on again, Brandon. I, I love coming on and hopefully we do it again soon. The Better Brand Podcast is produced by Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at betterbandpod. I am on Twitter at Brandon P. B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you would like to support this podcast, you can go to either ko-fi.com slash brandonp or patreon.com slash brandonp. You can also just give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, but don't forget to tell your friends. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest Chris, and as always, this is Brandon saying... If somebody's in here, you're in for some serious ass forking. <laughs>